Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox, and I am Josh. I am Jimmy. And we are excited to have Sam Ponder on the show today. Sam, thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having me, guys. I, I want to start by saying something really quick, and that's that in my one year of living in Austin, I feel like I need to disclose this from the beginning. I never visited Enchiladas y Mas and listening to your podcast for a while now, what? I feel guilty. What? I genuinely feel guilty about this. Oh my Lord. Hey, there is 12 seats and it's an hour and a half wait anytime you try to go. So. Unless you give them my name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was what I was going to say. I was just a lowly reporter at Longhorn Network. I didn't have any, any clout. I should have listened to your podcast. And- Low Galindo won't get you anywhere. You should have talked to the Oculus. <laughs> Hey, yeah. <laughs> Lowell is a big deal. Okay, you watch your mouth. <laughs> so Sam is the host of the NFL Countdown, which can be found on ESPN Sunday mornings during the NFL football season. And she's also a closet Cowboys fan. That is a lie. That is <sighs> a, No, see, Sam. We were hoping I, to slip that in. I actually always wonder this because you obviously have allegiance and you everybody that reports for ESPN has teams they support, but you can't really do it on air. Who do you follow? So growing up, I mean, I grew up in Phoenix, um, lived there till I was 18. And so I was a Cardinals fan back when they were the Phoenix Cardinals and playing outside in 115 degree heat oh, yeah. uh, at Sun Devil Stadium. So Fandom is kind of a stretch just because those were some very bleak days. Um, sure. We didn't have the money to actually go to games. So, I, you know, I would watch the games on, on local TV back in the Jake Plummer days. But calling <laughs> me a big it. fan, I don't know. That's that's probably more extreme. Things have changed since then, though. But what has not changed has been, no, I am not a Cowboys fan. I can't say <laughs> I, I hate the Cowboys. We need Cowboy fans to watch Sunday yeah, NFL we do. Countdown yeah, we uh, do. 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. <laughs> but wouldn't that be the appropriate response be why any team my husband is the quarterback for? <laughs> Isn't Well, I don't have to say that anymore now in retirement, which is a good thing, because that was always a struggle, you know, when they get picked up by somebody and you're like, oh, do I really oh, want to wear purple every teams. day? Like, uh, <laughs> so be it. I got rid of certain um, apparel that we had from his playing days and other apparel I kept. I, but I'm not going to disclose which is which. Now you did when now that you're doing NFL countdown, you took Chris Berman's place. I mean, a, a legend in sports broadcasting. You replaced him on the show. So, if you could please give me your best rendition of "He Could Go <laughs> All the Way." I thought you were going to ask for a back, 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 back. Well, <laughs> you, you, I could have gone either way. I mean, was that part of your audition? Yes, yes, that was, no, that would have been absolutely 
terrifying. And if I would have had to audition for this role, I think I would have been terrified because just even still to this day, after doing the show for a year, hearing someone say like you replaced Chris Berman is laughable to me because I'm 32 and Chris did the show for 32 years. So that means when he started, let me do the math. (laughs) Wow. That's a long time. Yes. That is. So that was just a tad intimidating, but he was nothing but kind and helpful in the process. And honestly, I think it's good in some ways that they picked someone who can't do any of that. Like, I'm not the next Chris Berman. You know, you just you don't even go that way. Exactly. Such, <laughs> we're such different people that there wasn't that temptation to try and like be like him, if that makes sense. Um, because I couldn't, even if I tried. Well, you know, it's it's by hiring you, it, it, at least on the surface, looks like ESPN is trying to do a, a good job about trying to bring about some gender equality. Certainly NFL and in a lot of ways sports broadcasting is very much male driven. What's it like to be in that world as a strong female that's kind of on the forefront? Yeah, I mean, you can... You can argue a lot of things about ESPN right now, and I know there are a lot of narratives out there, and and some of it's fair and some of it's not. But one thing that I will say, having worked for this company for, I guess I'm in my sixth or seventh year now, they have done an incredible job, better than any other sports network or, or maybe even just media in general, of putting women in the forefront and not making us... um kind of one trick ponies, if you will, for so long, really the only option was, and it's what people like me started in was to be a sideline reporter. Um, and, and, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. And I have girlfriends who want to do that for the rest of their lives and really enjoy that. And I enjoyed my time doing that, but that was never the ultimate goal. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think for me, that was a huge part in wanting to do this job was no longer to just relay somebody else's information was to actually be a part of the conversation. I think Mm -hmm. that's so important for young girls to see Mm -hmm. that you have a voice. It's you're not, your job is not just to stand there and look pretty and, you know, have people applaud you for the outfit you picked and that you can, you know, complete a sentence. It it should be that you're contributing to the conversation and yeah. not because, oh, we have to make this look equal, but because mm-hmm. we all grew up sports fans. I mean, I, every yeah. friend I had growing up, like I, we all played three sports a year. We, I mean, my dad is a coach, so I obviously kind of grew up on the opposite extreme of sports fandom and playing just because that was the environment I was in at all times. But for my generation of girls, this was just what we were interested in. It wasn't to try and impress some boy or pretend like we knew something. I mean, I knew what Tampa two coverage was when I was in seventh grade, you know, (laughs) and, and that wasn't weird. Like that wasn't a, and this is nothing against girls who don't grow up liking sports, but it's just to say there is a place for women like me, um, who this was my only dream I ever had was to continue working in the sports arena. And ESPN has done a really good job. I mean, there's so many names I could list of putting women in, in prominent positions to actually be a part of the conversation. Well, one of the things as a psychotherapist, I know, at least for me, is I try to think, you know, my job is not simply to sit there and look pretty. Yeah. I mean, I know that's tough. I know. 
thank you. That's terrible. I'm Have I mentioned that I've never seen what you look like? I don't know. Is that important or not really? And don't go there. Uh, forget just, about the forget about the internet. Just picture five eight two forty. <laughs> no, got it. No. Got it. Those are those are my dimensions. That's yours. Yeah. There's a lot of ladies who are working in male dominated industries, and but I, I think you would absolutely be the quintessential example of that. Do you ever feel? maybe not present company excluded where you are, but have you ever felt as though you were in some way the token? And did you ever have to fight to overcome that? Yeah. I mean, I would say the vast majority of my career, I mean, you're always, especially when you're a sideline reporter, nine times out of 10, you are the token sideline reporter girl, you know, <laughs> like that's just kind of the mm -hmm. role. And so in every meeting, I mean, it is rare. And I could probably count on one hand, the number of meetings I've been in for shows when there was another woman in the room. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking, there'll be shows where there are 25 of us meeting to get ready for something, whether it's a game or, you know, a live studio show and it's 24 guys and me. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I've just always seen that at least for me as an opportunity. Now, obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure, I think, or maybe some of it is self-inflicted, but because obviously if you're the only one of anything, there is going to be some natural um, assumption that however you act or mm -hmm. present yourself is how another woman would. And obviously mm -hmm. that's not accurate, but that's, that's kind of what happens. So I've always felt this this kind of burden or weight to make sure that I'm presenting myself in a way that would create more opportunities for my daughter's generation. Jimbo, did you hear that someone is actually paying us to do an ad? Wait a second. Somebody is paying us? Say Who what? are these people? It is actually our old alma mater, Howard Payne University. HPU. HPU. Stem jackets win. You know a it. A fine education bathed in a, a Christian atmosphere. Bills. Oh. A Christian yeah, atmosphere is what it's based in. Yep. But it's this time, it's Howard Payne with a twist, because they actually have expanded to New Braunfels. Oh, that's right. They opened a new campus in New Braunfels in 2012. And they have three different degree options. One option is an associate's degree in Christian studies, which is designed for bivocational ministers and busy schedules. Just a short drive south of Austin, just a short drive north of San Antonio. They're also offering four bachelor's degrees, one in business, one in Christian studies, one in criminal justice, and one in general studies. And there are whispers. Hey, Jimbo, you gotta whisper this. That's why I'm whispering. There are whispers that there are new degrees coming in 2019. And one last thing not to forget, there are two master's programs, mm -hmm. one in business administration, MBA, and one in criminal justice, MCJ. I am pumped we get to spread the news about a Christ-centered higher education in Central Texas, which is provided by Howard Payne University, New Braunfels. For more information about HPU New Braunfels, go to hputx.edu backslash New Braunfels. You can also find them on Instagram and Twitter at HPUNB. And Facebook is HPUTX New Bromble. Sting them jackets win. Get your stinger up, Josh. It's, it always stays up. Yeah, I mean, that's been pretty much my whole, my whole career is feeling like I'm kind of carrying this flag of like, hey, look, we, we do belong. And the great thing is that there have not only been women who have gone before me, 
you know, your Michelle Tafoyas and Doris Burks and, and women like that that have done a great job. But there are more and more now, I mean, my generation especially, um, women in this industry that have done an amazing job of not st- – look, there are going to be some men, especially on the Internet, um, that that are going to assume things about you no matter what you say and how yeah. much you research and how much you know. But we can do our best to minimize that. And I think there are a lot of women in the industry right now that are doing a great job of that. So I have a, a wife that I trust a lot more than I trust myself. I'm raising a, a strong daughter. It almost it just seems like a no-brainer to want to listen to the opinions of females. <laughs> Why do you think that sports and maybe the, specifically the NFL, but I'm assuming it also applies to others. Why do you think that the old mindset of, you know, women just need to stand there and look pretty still exists? You know, because it does, right? Like you can't ask questions about routes and, you know, you still have the Redskins. You have the Redskins fiasco co- coming up about eight weeks ago. Why do you think that old mindset still exists? I mean, I'm a big believer that it's all about exposure. Um, You know, ignorance is such a powerful thing, whether it's racism or sexism or really any of the issues of the day. I've found that most times there are always going to be some people and you can put them in the category of just um, lost souls. I don't know if you want to call it evil or whatever, that no matter what they're exposed to, they're still going to be racist or sexist or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the masses of people where, yeah, maybe when they hear a a basketball game or a football game and the play-by-play person is a woman, they kind of cringe like, oh, I just don't like how it sounds. Um, I mean, I have people in my own family who feel that way. And I don't necessarily think that is um, because they are so sexist and so terrible. I think it's about exposure. And Mm -hmm. over time, the more we have female voices doing these things, look, if you didn't grow up with it and it sounds strange to you, you're going to have a hard time with it because it's just not comfortable. It's out of your comfort zone. And what are our sports to so many millions of Americans? It's a comfort zone. It's an Mm -hmm. escape from all the difficulties of life into something that just feels good, right? Whether mm-hmm. whether you're winning or losing, the process of watching sports and the entertainment of it all, for a lot of us, myself included, mm-hmm. there's this nostalgia that comes with it. And this, like, this feels like Americana, the way I grew up, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, especially with football is so intertwined. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys know yep. living down in Texas, like it's so intertwined in the culture and who we are as Americans. And then especially as Southerners or every part of the country kind of has their yep. different take on mm-hmm. it. But that if you haven't been exposed to that, if you're not used to hearing it come um, through that channel in terms of a female voice or, or whatever, um, there's that initial resistance to it. But I found mm-hmm. that kind of what I was saying earlier is true. Like I, the more you, and yeah, you kind of have to prove yourself over and over and it can be exhausting, but the more you stick with it. I mean, there were times yeah. this year where I just felt like discouraged. Like, are you kidding me? I've, I've how many times I'm 32 now I've known this game since I was a little kid. Like how many times do you have to prove yourself? You can keep plugging away at that. And, and eventually I feel like the people who are at least 
willing to grow and open their minds a little bit, they, they come on board. So yeah. um, we're making huge strides and it, it's not me. Yeah. It's, it's a whole host of women who are, who are passionate about the game. That's the difference. Like the, the people and, and God bless the, the people are, who are doing some hiring right now at some of these companies, because they're taking some heat. But as long as the women they're hiring actually love the game, Right. then we're in sure. good hands because sure. you can't really fake that for very long, especially in the social media era. Now, real quickly, before we get out of here, I, I really want to get your take on the court decision that has now allowed above board, open, non-organized crime affiliated sports betting. What do you think the impact of sports betting, legalized sports betting, how do you think it's going to impact pro football and college football, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a tough one because obviously all of this stuff, I mean, I can talk about Americana nostalgia, all that kind of stuff all day long, but at the end of the day, all of this stuff we all know is about money. And um, that's when things get a little complicated, right? Like when you start realizing that whether it's players going to certain teams, you never thought they were going to, or league owners, uh, you know, team owners making decisions that you don't want. It all comes down to money. And the gambling, I mean, there is just so much money mm-hmm. to be made out there that I thought that this was pretty inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, from a TV perspective, you know, we've kind of had to ride the fence for a while now. I mean, I remember when I was on college game day, um, we weren't even allowed to like use terminology I, that could even reference. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you had to be so careful about that kind of stuff. It seems like uh, the toothpaste is out, like we're not shoving that back in at this point. Um, And again, there's so much money to be made. I think the leagues are a little concerned about how to manage it all. Um, So I don't I don't know how that'll play out. But um, I, I know the TV networks are already having obviously conversations about shows and all that kind of stuff in terms of how to monetize what's being monetized exactly. through yeah. gambling. I'm not really into any of that, so it doesn't affect me personally in terms of Seriously, you know, Sam, I don't have no, strong feelings about that. No nickel slots for you? <laughs> Sorry. I mean, every now and we did go to Vegas for Christian's 30th <laughs> birthday, so awesome. I got a little little crazy there. As a Southern Baptist, I certainly do not wager uh, very often for very much. (laughs) But so if I was to like slip you my personal cell, you you have some inside information that you could just shoot off a quick text uh, before a game. Not that I would put... Yeah, tell all your Southern Baptist friends... To hit me up, and we get a little side hustle going. I like, and we would give ten percent emissions. Yes, of I course, like of course. It's all above board. So, quick story: one of my dearest friends from high school, she was one of Katy Perry's tour managers. Uh, an act like that has, you know, six or seven tour managers. And the year Katy Perry did the Super Bowl, they have all those prop bets on like what she's going to wear and what song she's going to sing. And I'm like, Sarah, Sarah. Come on, <laughs> tell, tell feed me, it to me. Yeah, tell me the information. So you mentioned right before we went on the air that your oldest daughter had, you said, what, 100 flights before she was one? 
Yeah, I know. Right? It sounds kind of that. It's basically me admitting I'm a terrible mother, but yes. <laughs> well, I want to ask you about that because there's uh, you are a working wife, a working mother. How in the world do you manage that and, and really keep family a priority? Yeah, for me, it was about um, making some hard decisions early on. And, and obviously, this is all relative. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed in a, norm, uh, I mean, a, a number of ways. But for me, um, there were things like doing college game day where I loved that job. I mean, I loved the guys I worked with. Uh, but I just realized after I got pregnant with my second um, that if I wanted to be the kind of mom that I want to be, and this is just a decision for me, this isn't to say what anybody else should do, but I knew I, I couldn't do that job anymore. I couldn't be on the road four or five days a week and, um, you know, be lugging kids from city to city and, and try and establish the type of family unit um, at home with Christian that I wanted to. And so I, I had to make a decision to say, hey, even if I don't get another offer um, that I ended up getting, I'm going to have to say no to this good thing because I need to say yes to something that's way higher on my priority list. Yeah. And, um, and it sounds like that's such a duh thing. Like everybody always says, Oh, family's more important than work. Obviously. Like nobody's going to say that work is more important than their sure. family. But then when we actually make the decisions, especially when they drastically affect our finances, you know, yep. do our decisions actually reflect that? And I had to do some self-analysis that wasn't so fun to realize like, hey, if all this TV stuff goes away and I'm no longer living the lifestyle that I was before and I am quote unquote just a mom, is that okay? Like, am I okay yep. with going back into the shadows and yep. not having people tell me the things I want to hear? Um, is my identity in Christ enough for that? Um, and, and I'm glad to say that I, I think the conclusion I came to was yes. Now that's kind of easy to say since I got another job offer right after I got pregnant. And so I'm still able to kind of do both, but I think being willing to make those hard decisions and God knows your heart, like whether or not you're actually willing, um, was a, a huge key for me in finding that, you know, everybody always asks about balance. I think that's a load of crap to be, can I say crap on <laughs> paradox? No, you, no, you come can't. on now. Come on no. now. <laughs> um, but I, uh, you know, I, I don't see that there's any balance. You're not going to balance two totally unequal in weight things. You know, I, I can't, I can't do that with family and work. There's no balance for me. I try and be all there, you know, wherever I am in terms of if I'm at home or if I'm on the job, but there's no comparison in terms of the importance in my life. So I had to be willing to make some hard choices to back that up. One thing very quickly, um, you mentioned, you know, your identity in Christ. You and Christian, of course, live your lives in such a fishbowl with so many people staring at your every move and everything that you wear and everything that you possibly could say. What is it and how difficult is it to, to live an authentic Christian walk in, with that kind of pressure of you know, being that visible basically 24-7? Well, it's great accountability, right? Because, I mean, okay. if there is even an ounce of anything in your life 
that people can find that is hypocritical or that doesn't seem to line up with the things that you say, you better know that somebody's going to find it out. I mean, yeah. there are, especially in the social media age, and, you know, I've been on good and bad sides of that. And uh, so there's a lot of accountability in that, which in some ways is good. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to go through through growing pains publicly, you know, especially like, look, I'm on a live television show for three hours. Um, and before that, I, I did the same thing for six years where you're lot like if you say something, there's no like, uh, can we back that up? <laughs> you know, like, I didn't want to respond that way. I didn't want to treat that person like that. Like, no, it, at the end of the day, whoever you are is eventually going to come out when you do that much of live, live television. And with social media, I mean, the things that you decide to, to show to people, like, you'll find out really quick the things you care about, you know, like how, how much real are you going to show to the public? And uh, so it's been, it's been definitely a growing learning process for me um, in our marriage and how we raise our kids in just being out on the street. And I mean, here's a, here's a real quick example of something small. Like we were, I'm eight months pregnant. We're at a restaurant in Brooklyn um, the other day, and I, I won't say where the, the service was terrible. Okay, just horrific. Not like New York, like they weren't super sweet. It was just bad, and I won't list the things that went wrong. But when the guy finally came back, I've got like a screaming eleven-month-old in one arm, a toddler. Like I am, Jeez, never leave the house. and I am not in my like good place. Okay. And, uh, and our, our friend Bob Goff was like in my ear, like everybody always, everybody, like love everybody always. I, I was a somebody sometimes kind of girl that day. Like I, I, I was not nice to this guy and I went, you know, it's not like I like cussed him out or whatever, but I was super short and like just kind of bratty with him when he finally showed back up to get the bill. And I was just not loving even in the slightest and I walked out of there and you know it's hard because a part of me like felt like justified like that was terrible we paid all this money and you guys were so terrible and this happened and that happened and then in my head I'm like how like yeah I live in a and obviously this is true for all of us in terms of the way that we should always treat people but like I thought to myself for a second what if that guy watches ESPN and he turns on Sunday and he hears me talking about you know, God, this, or he sees me on social media. Like, did I just mess that up for that guy? And not to say I can play God or whatever, but like little things like that, where I'm like, man, that kind of accountability is actually good. And it is hard and it doesn't feel good. But like to this day, I think about that guy and I'm like, man, if I created any sort of stumbling block for him, um, what a, what a terrible way to live. And um, so in some ways, I hope that this platform helps me live the kind of life that I would hope I would live, even if I didn't have it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I'm glad you said what you said at the very beginning of the show, that you have not uh, gone to Enchiladas Imas, because you have now made the wall, the wall of fame, or shame, however (laughs) you like to refer to it. I really hoped you weren't going to do it. As one of our favorite guests, and hold on a second, (laughs) and an all-expense-paid trip to Enchiladas Imas the next time you're in Austin, 
Christian can come <laughs> if he promises not to eat too much. I know professional <laughs> athletes tend to like shove it down, so we would have to limit him pretty severely, but he can come. He can come. Good. Good. Okay, so wait, the next hold time on. When you here. say all expenses paid, do you yes. mean, because I'm not trying to do the like Uber pool with a bunch of random people somewhere on Congress. Like I'm trying <laughs> to do like no, no, no. Uber black car. Like yes, pick me once, up at the airport. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. You got to get there. But if you if you'll meet you us there, you have to get there and order off the kids menu. <laughs> once you get to the restaurant, and then <laughs> you might have to get the taxes. I'm not real sure. We'll just have to see. You know, kind of how the month goes. But oh Lord. Other than that, all expenses paid. It's on us. Thank you so much for doing this for us, Sam. We really do appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You guys are great. Hey, thanks, Sam. Take care, Jimbo. Like twice, right before you asked a question, you were like, right before I let you go, you're trying to rush her off. You wanted to talk to her for an hour and a half. And I was like giving you hands like, we got the time. We got the time. No, we don't. We had the time. For Sam, we have the time. We have a national reputation. (laughs) We have have a reputation within this end of the building. Yeah, exactly. That we go for 20 minutes. People would have to keep jogging for an additional like seven or eight minutes. Couldn't you have talked to her for an hour and a half? Lord, yes. She's awesome. We haven't even, we haven't broke down coverage. I want to be friends with the Ponders. Let's go to New York. Christian, Texas. We'll we'll bring um, a baby gift. Hold on, I was just sexist. Sam, text me. I can't just ask Christian to text. True. Right? That is true. Listen, (laughs) she had so many things very positive, that she was able to turn around the fishbowl into not a negative. Everyone would think of that as a negative. But to say, actually, no, that is a positive because... It it keep, it keeps me with accountability for my Christian walk. Yep, we I mean, didn't we didn't have that? time to talk about. We asked her right before we went on the ministry that they um, participate in the most. It's called Madhouse Ministries, and that's MadhouseMinistries.org. Her father, it's an inner city ministry in Phoenix, and they have now branched out into other countries as well. To as Bethlehem and the um, South Sudan. But it it ministers to inner city kids, and so definitely check out madhouseministries.org to check out Christian and I also wanted to ask her, because you know this just from growing up uh, in the same home with me, I have extraordinary sports insight, and I wonder how difficult it would be to get a guest analyst gig on NFL Countdown. Uh Just like your guest on KLBJ? Yes, very similar. If, if it's any indication, they have stopped asking you. Yeah, we got dropped <laughs> off the edge. Me and Colonel Phillips. Guys, if you want more information about this episode as well as the show, it's paradoxpodcast.com. If you want our socials, it's there as well. Uh, we'll also put tags to Sam's socials. She's on Twitter and Instagram. And so check us there. By the way, we've got a really big interview coming up. Possibly it's going to drop next week. Hopefully if we can get her. And all I'm saying is... She may have been on your lunchbox in the 80s. That's all I'm saying. Mm, Good teaser. Hey, y'all have a good day. See ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. So we're going to piggyback off of her interview today and discuss just sexism within the church. You know, it, and it's not an episode about Jimmy and myself. 
because that would be called sexianism in the church. I thought I made it clear before we turned the mics on that we shouldn't do that. <laughs> That's good, though. Sexianism? No? Mm-hmm. That, that <laughs> fell like a dead flounder. Hashtag sexianism.